Well, welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? It's all the special. It's all the episode. All the time. Today is Thursday, September 28th, 2023. National Good Neighbor Day. Good Neighbor Day. So be a good neighbor. I love my neighbor, Jerry. He's great. Yeah, let them use your driveway for yeah. picking up and dropping off kids. You live on a busy road. Right. Over on Chappelle Road. Right, Chappelle Road. <laughs> we'll use Jerry's weed killer again. <laughs> and I'll be nice to my neighbors, too. Okay, we'll do our scoreboard stumper. We've got our flex seal of the week. We've got three notable jabronis, all football-related. We've got our Hall of Fame inductee, also football-related, Tavian Banks. We will get our scoreboard stumper answer. We will do our second to last chasing the Mendoza line, and it is a doozy. Mm. We will go to church. We've got two shampoos, and we'll send you on your merry little way. So without further ado, hit me with that scoreboard, Stumper Scotty. All right, as Nick mentioned, we will be inducting Tavian Banks. He won excuse me, he won the 1997 Big Ten co-offensive player of the year. I want to know who was the other winner. Who was is, who is the other co-offensive player of the year? Was it Ron Dane of Wisconsin? Was it Curtis Ennis of Penn State? Or was it Billy Dickin of Purdue? I remember Penn State's courtesiness just being, like, insanely good. I'm go- I mean, Ron Dane was a force to be reckoned with. He had been directed by the Giants, I believe. But I remember Curtis Ennis just raging. Just raging. I'm going courtesiness. All right. Um, all right, let's move on to our Flex Seal of the Week. Hi, Phil Swift here for Flex Tape, the super strong waterproof tape that can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is... Browns running back, Kareem Hunt. Welcome back. Yeah, the Browns refused to resign him. They went all in with Nick Chubb. They drafted uh, Jerome Ford, which is a great pick, but apparently had zero depth after that. Uh, yep. When Nick Chubb uh, sustained his in- MCL injury, we'll have more on that later, um, they decided to bring him back. Uh, on his first game back, he had five carries for 13 yards. Woo! 2.6 yards per carry. Yeah. Um, so Kareem Hunt is back. He made it this far. No one wanted him, but Browns are like, well, he knows our system. They brought him in and he was playing on the first drive of the game with the team for like three days. (laughs) Shows how desperate they were at running back. I mean, if you're not going to bring Hunt back, you should at least had like built your team to have a little more depth. Yeah. Considering Chubb's had injuries in the past. Um, you know, Ford looks to be pretty good, but you know, they need, they need more depth. Yeah, uh, it just makes no sense. You know, he, he knows the system. I get that, but ugh, you're just kind of screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that he wore he wore a Nick Chubb jersey into the stadium. Oh, yeah, that is kind of cute. cute. He's like, that's the homie. He's cute. It's so cute. <laughs> All right, moving on to notable jabronis. Let's start with our man Antonio Brown. All-time great jabroni. Yeah. Uh, he's back at it again on Adobe Photoshop. Yeah, he's building his resume on Adobe Photoshop and posting it on Twitter. 
Uh, he, he he posted a picture of Steelers offensive coordinator Matt Canada with a Hitler stash. <laughs> Uh, he posted the picture and then followed up with a, another tweet right after that just said, um, Adolf Canada. <laughs> Adolf Canada. Like, <laughs> wow. Man, your boredom is so visible. <laughs> yeah. Your butthurtness is at an all-time high. Yeah. I mean, like, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Just let it go, man. Let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> just move on with your life. Like, what the hell? Please leave us alone. <laughs> God. All right. And from one former NFL wide receiver to another, Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, Oregon, he said, Oregon only beat Dion in Colorado because the coaches shared information with the Oregon coaches. Yeah. I mean, and okay, and it's 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 called a game plan. <laughs> Everybody knows that uh, one Colorado can't stop the run, and two they can't protect their quarterback. So Oregon's a big fucking real team. Yeah, they're not a team that was rebuilt overnight. Yeah, they're yeah. like a powerhouse of an organization. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry you're not playing Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Keyshawn Johnson knows better than It's like, yeah, it's called a game plan. You, I mean, he attempted to coach, didn't he? Like, <laughs> did you not get information from other people? <laughs> Maybe that's why he struggled. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, man. All right, one final former NFLer and notable jabronis and a former inductee. Yes. Vontez Perfect decided he was going to weigh in on the Nick Chubb hit, the injury that put him out. Yeah, he said, you, you don't go for the knees. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we all know you went for the head. Yeah. There's a reason Antonio Brown is on this segment every week. Yeah. It's because make... you knocked him in the head, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'll make sure to attend the Vontez Perfect School for tackling good and doing other things good, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Antonio Brown can attend your school. <laughs> <laughs> when Scotty texted me about this, I was like, yeah, this is just his community service. Yeah. <laughs> He's out there telling people not to hurt people. But I'll tell you what, if I'm Nick Chubb, I guarantee you he'd rather have an injured knee than be completely brain damaged, naked in a pool, doing all the weird shit Antonio Brown's been doing, taking off his jersey on the field. <laughs> you know, like photoshopping yourself with Tom Brady's wife. Yeah. Uh, just like, I'm sure he'd rather have his brain than his knees. Just saying. Yeah, I don't see Nick Chubb posting Pictures of pic, pictures of Stefanski with a Hitler stash. <laughs> like what the hell? Yeah. Man? So perfect. Why don't you just sit this one out, dude? Yeah. I think you're probably the last person everyone's gonna go to when they're asking about how you should tackle or show humanity towards other players <laughs> at all. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay. Moving on to our Hall of Fame inductee, Tavian Banks. Tavian Ramond Banks was born February 17, 1974, in Moline, Illinois. Banks attended Bettendorf High School in Bettendorf, Iowa, where he played both soccer and football. Tavian broke multiple school records as a running back and garnered multiple college scholarship offers from powerhouses like Miami and Washington. Banks decided to stay in state and play for the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
hometown boy. Tavian would play as a backup to Cedric Shaw for the majority of his three years at Iowa, but in his senior season, the reins were off. In the second game of the season, Tavian rushed for 314 yards and four total scores over Tulsa. Tulsa. Name drop. Banks <laughs> tore through defenses, rushing for a school record 1,691 yards and a total of 17 touchdowns. Tavian's single-season rushing total would stand until 2008 when it was broken by Sean Green. Banks coined himself the nickname Big Money because if he had the rock, he was taking it to the bank. <laughs> he still holds the school record for career touchdowns with 33 and won the 1997 Big Ten Conference Co-Offensive Player of the Year Award. Yeah, what a long name for a award. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa finished the 1997 season with a 7-5 and record and would lose to Arizona State in the 97 Sun Bowl 17-7, but Banks posted a record season and the NFL draft was looming. The Jacksonville Jaguars would select Tavian with the 101st overall pick in the fourth round of the 1998 NFL draft, but the Jags also drafted running back Fred Taylor in the first round. <laughs> In his rookie campaign, Banks rushed for 140 yards on 26 attempts and one touchdown over six games. Banks was optimistic going into the 1999 season, but tore his ACL, PCL, and LCL in his left knee and would miss the next two years to surgery and rehab. It's tragic. Tavian attempted to come back with the New Orleans Saints in 2002, but fell short. The following year, he made the cut and was signed to the Saints practice squad. Banks never saw the field aside from practice, and he was eventually placed on waivers at the finish of the 2004 season. Banks would next appear on the sidelines as an assistant running backs coach for the University of Louisville in 2006. Tavian left after just one season when head coach Bobby Petrino departed for the Atlanta Falcons. In 2008, Banks was inducted to the Iowa High School Sports Hall of Fame. Banks still ranks fourth overall in rushing yards at Iowa with 2,977 yards, despite only starting for one season. Yeah. Currently, Banks is the CEO of Carpe Diem Sports Enhancement in Yorkville, Illinois. Tavian is still revered in Iowa football lore, but due to injuries and, well, Fred Taylor, Banks was big money that never got his chance to cash in. But he persisted and made it back. And for that, you are a legend. Indeed. Truly a legend. Carpe Diem, he's the carp. Um, yeah, I mean, Fred Taylor was, <laughs> you, you, Fred Taylor was like one of the best all down running backs. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. he probably will get inducted <laughs> at some point. Yeah. I mean, for his longevity, he was like a Frank Gore type. Like what's up with the Florida running backs that just like survived forever, forever, which is like the opposite of Tavian Banks story. That injury was from a car accident. Oh yeah, I think so. Like, I, like it's just. Awful. Yeah, like wasn't even from an injury on the field, which I think makes it even more tragic. You know, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like he got drilled on a play or something. It was like, um, yeah, right. I believe it was a car accident. I mean, for I mean, for it to be your ACL, PCL, and LCL, it better be a car accident. Yeah, for the or, or Ray Lewis. Out. Like, there's two reasons. It's Ray like Lewis. Ray Lewis or car accident. <laughs> so sad, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was a great player. I remember him. Um, I remember him just being so dominant. In Iowa. At that point in my life, I was, you know, that was, um, that was, you know, around like, the same time as to Tommy Frazier. Yeah, like 97. So I was like, you know, 
14 years old. That's when I was peak into college football. Yeah. I was so into college football back then. Um, Big Ten football was where it was at then, too. Yeah, the, that was. The 90s yeah. was where it was at for Big Ten football. Right. So for like um, for him to even be Conference Co-Vance Player of the Year in a division that had Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State. Yeah. And Penn State, like we were yeah. saying, they were dominant back then as well. It was a very dominant league. And then in that Arizona State game in the Sun Bowl, was that against Jake Plummer? I don't think that was against the Snake. <laughs> Yeah, might, actually, wondering. that might have been against the snake. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't I was, know. I wonder if that was uh, against me, another former inductee. We, we'll have to look that up. Uh, Steve Campbell is the quarterback of the of Arizona. So the tragic story with Tavian Banks in that car wreck, Jaguars coach at the time, Tom Coughlin, fined both rookies, Tavian Banks and Cordell Taylor, for being tardy for a car accident that sent them both to the hospital. Uh, they were en route to the team meeting Saturday night when Taylor's car flipped four times before hitting a guardrail on a downtown bridge. The players were only 30 minutes late for the downtown hotel meeting. Um, the Tom Coughlin's a racist. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't... Um, apparently, that injury was not the one no. where he injured himself. So we've got clarity on that. Okay. Oh, and Tom Coughlin even back, backed it up. He said the accident took place at a time that was very, very close to the meeting time. They were running late. They were going to be late for the meeting. There's a lesson to be learned here for young players. It's harsh in the short term, but it's consistent, and it's the way I've dealt with fines for a long time. (laughs) What a dickhead. (laughs) Whatever. Cop. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Tavian Banks, truly a legend. Um, And really, Tavian Banks bleeds into... Uh, the scoreboard stumper. So uh, hit me, baby, one more time with that scoreboard stumper, Scotty. All right, I want to. I want to know who the other Big Ten co-offensive player of the year in 1997 was. Was it Ron Dane of Wisconsin, Curtis Ennis of Penn State, or Bill Dickin of Purdue? I said Curtis Ennis. He was yeah. dominant. It was correct. He was a big boy. He was like one of those running backs I always like to talk about, like the Garrett Blunt, the C.J. Andersons, mm-hmm. the guys who were like fast. But they were they were big boys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Penn State, they just ran. I mean, they perfected yeah. the eye formation. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. That was like, yeah, he was the guy who followed up Kajana Carter, I do believe, mm-hmm. as like the long line of just dominant uh, Penn State running backs. Yep. Cool. I got another one this year. You have been taking it easy on me. Yeah, this I year. guess so. I appreciate it. <laughs> I might have a winning. Re- I think I have like a really good winning record this year. Have to go back and count. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get yourself a golden peach. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes, that sounds wonderful. So um, before we get into chasing the Mendoza line, I know a lot of you are probably upset that we'll be done with this in the next couple of episodes. So we want to announce our new segment that will follow chasing the Mendoza line which will appropriately be called Chasing Harold Green, Mm -hmm. where we will focus on running backs that are under three yards per carry that qualify for the rushing title. No, it'd be nice. So people like a, a few weeks until we get kind of averages out there, like maybe like week five, week six. So yeah, then, like yeah, right perfect. now the candidates are Ramondre Stevenson from the Patriots, AJ Dillon from the Packers, Jamal Williams from the Saints, Justice Hill from the Ravens, Damon Pierce from the Texans, which is really surprising to me. Another mm-hmm. one of those big bruising guys. Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook, and Cam Akers. So we'll see how that goes. But for now, uh, let's go to chasing the Mendoza line. Yes. All right. 
Max Muncy is not back. Yay! In fact, he's continued to trend the right direction, so I just wanted to, like, you know, sort of shampoo Max Muncy here. Clap on the back. He was previously up 15 points to 208, which was astounding. Ooh. He's up six more points to 214. Oh, man. So, nice knowing you, Max Muncy. Yeah, he's raking. We'll see you on the other side of the Mendoza line. Yeah. <laughs> So good, to, so good to see. He's, I feel like he's put himself comfortably above the line and um, probably will not qualify. Great to so see. He might win a Mendoza line at the Golden Peaches just for his dramatic improvement. Yeah. The most improved Mendoza. <laughs> we will see what happens. But for now, here's the two that are back under. All right. Last week, we had a perfect week. No Mendozas. Wow. We got two this week. And this is the one that I predicted. I'm calling myself Mendoza-Stranomis. Because <laughs> Trent Grisham yes. of San Diego Padres has dropped down to 197. Welcome back. That's right, the San Diego Padres, who my girlfriend refers to as the old bananas. The old bananas. Because of their uniforms. <laughs> He's dropped down to 197. He's 0 for 13 this past week. I mendoza the fuck out of him. Yeah. I jinxed him. And he's also five of his last 39 and 10 of his last 78. Jesus, Murphy. Which is good for a 128 average in his last 30 games. Oh, but he's really just in there for his defense. <laughs> All right. So, Grisham, welcome back. I mean, he was a mainstay last year. He's yeah. back this year. Always he, in the hunt for Mendoza. He's just a perfect, perfect representative of the San Diego Padres season. <laughs> in, indeed. <laughs> And then last, Kyle Schwarber's back. He's consistent. Philadelphia Phillies. He's down four points to 197 as well. Um, he's five of his last 25 with 12 strikeouts. Yeah. Which is a 200 average, which is over 200, but I guess overall because of how low he's been all year. 200 puts him back under yeah. 200. <laughs> it's not enough to keep him over. Drops in the river. Yeah, what the hell? I don't know how that works, but this is all courtesy of the MLB app. So blame them for their, um, for their math, I guess. I don't really know. Uh, let's go to church. Thoughts and prayers. First off, to Nick Chubb. Mentioned twice earlier, but for you know just horrible reasons. Um, we just kind of want to tribute to him. Turns out to be a torn MCL, so he might be back next year, but they're talking like it could be a career ender. Uh, a player that was never talked about enough in his career because I think a lot of people expect him to play a lot longer than he did. Um, for instance, uh, Kareem Hunt, who won Rookie of the Year over Alvin Kamara, he was a beast. Uh, the Chiefs released him after some off-the-field issues. Yeah. And the Browns picked him up, and he was the backup. Mm -hmm. You know, even though to that point of his career, Kareem Hunt was a more mentioned player. He was, you know, like regarded as one of the highest rated running backs. But when the Browns picked him up, he was still the backup to Chubb. It was oh, still absolutely. Chubb's job yeah. because they knew what they had in Nick Chubb. Four Pro Bowls in five seasons. Yeah. Uh, 34 total touchdowns in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, he was averaging 6.1 yards per carry this year before the injury. Yeah, he uh, his career 5.3 average is third all time amongst running backs behind Marion Motley from the 1940s. Yeah, future inductee. And, yeah, future inductee <laughs> and Jamal Charles. Yeah, 
that puts him ahead of Jim Brown and Barry Sanders, amongst others. Yeah. Um, and one last thing I want to say, he only committed one turnover in his entire career. <laughs> <laughs> but he had multiple fumbles. He only lost one fumble. That's hard to do. That's really hard to do, yeah. especially in the NFC, AFC North. As like, really hard. As like a ball hawking running back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who carries it 25 plus times a game. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Thoughts and prayers to Nick Chubb. Hopefully he comes back. Better than ever. But if he doesn't, it's still just like, it's one of those Jim Brown careers where it's cut short, but it's like for the time he played, completely dominant player. Mm-hmm. Just abs- like he just embarrassed the Bengals defense anytime yeah. he played them. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, also thoughts and prayers to the Denver Broncos. To the Denver Broncos. They were slaughtered 70 to 20 by their own former ball boy. Mike McDaniels. (laughs) Oh, man. McDaniels was never even interviewed for the job last year when Mm -hmm. they, you know, installed a whole new system with Russell Wilson. Yep. Uh, So McDaniels went and got the job with the Dolphins, and it's just been lights out. Yeah. There was a really incredible photo of the day um, on one of the Dolphins touchdowns. There's a picture that has... 10 Broncos defenders on the field and six of them are on the ground and it looks like there's a sniper just taking out Broncos with their bodies strewn about and the and there's just like a hilarious gap where you're just like okay bye all the way to the end zone and it's so funny because the 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 Dolphins didn't kick a single field goal <laughs> with 10 touchdowns 10 <laughs> Touchdowns. <laughs> Not a single like oh you know you know we got we forced him into a fourth down on on the twenty eight and he had to kick a field goal. Nope, none of that. <laughs> Just unbelievable. <laughs> Dolphins offensive linemen were saying that they felt like in the middle of the third quarter they could feel the Broncos defense just literally giving up. Like 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 they weren't even trying. Like they would go up to block them and like it didn't even seem like they were really trying to do anything. They were just like out there just doing it, like going through the motions. <laughs> Maybe Sean Payton should start a new bounty gate to, you know, get his players to play. Oh, damn. Sean Payton said um yesterday that there are no changes will be made. They're not firing any coaches. He even said he thought about not watching the film. Just because it was so embarrassing and so demoralizing, how how do you not want to watch film? Like how like they are going to, but the fact that he said he thought about not watching it, I get that's like you know very like you know he's trying to think outside the box on ways he can turn it around. But come on, man, team puts up ten touchdowns on you, you have to watch the fucking tape. Yeah, you have to go back and start holding people accountable. Like, give me a fucking break. I'd be clockwork oranging my defense's <laughs> eyes open. <laughs> exactly. Here's some eye drops. You're gonna watch every fucking play. Yep. Like, come on. We should just start calling the Denver Broncos clockwork orange. <laughs> That's a, that's a clock, the clockwork orange. Sean Payton's Sean <laughs> clockwork orange. Denver Broncos. <laughs> like we're not going to watch tape on the <laughs> 70 to 20. 20 baby. <laughs> oh my God. They should do a sequel to the Kevin James, Sean Payton movie. Oh yeah. That just ends on, just ends on <laughs> the Dolphins game. Yeah. <laughs> Like, look, it's the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and it just has the most tragic ending. <laughs> you lose your arm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. 
Yeah. The bad guys win. I mean, yeah. All right, moving on to shampoo. Shampoo. Bruce Dahl, Gratterall's mom. Shampoo. She throws out the first pitch for a Dodgers game to her son, uh, the relief pitcher, and she throws like a perfect strike. Yeah. Just right down Broadway, as the cowboy would say. Absolute dart. Um, His mother's name is, yeah, Ismalia. Uh, Ismalia Gratterall. He hadn't seen his mom for seven years until the day before she threw out the first pitch. So it was like a whole reunion thing. So he was able to catch the pitch. It was beautiful. But Good on him, though. Whatever brought them back together, like whatever negative conflict, like, you know, we're only on this earth for so long, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of times that doesn't happen and someone passes away and you never got to, like, get that kind of closure. So good on him for, you know, getting, you know, reuniting with his mom and... You know, I guess like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It, with it that looks pick. like he. It looks like he takes pointers from her. Like <laughs> yeah, she you should like, go watch the pitch. Yeah, she's got good form. <laughs> and also love again that the, that the reason I refer to it as Bruzel, uh Gratterall's mom is because that's what they called her on the yeah. broadcast. <laughs> they didn't mention her by name. Yeah, we had to look up her name. Ismalia. <laughs> yeah. So shampoo to you both. Shampoo. Yes. And then Haley Van Voorhis. Shampoo. First female college football player. She's a safety on a triple or triple A. She's a safety on a division three team. Yeah. For the, yeah. First non kicker slash punter to uh, right, right, right. female player to play in a college football game. Um, she recorded a quarterback hurry. Shampoo. Nice. Yeah. She got a guy to run away. <laughs> run away, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's our first forty eight. Oh how the turntables! <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. Make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trevbook, to join the conversation and revel in sport in real time. Tune in Thursday, October 12th, as we induct Dave Kingman. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sportsball. May the sports be with you. Always.